I am programming every level of my consciousness. I want to go as deep as I can, but right now it's might feel a bit weak and go, I am consistent. I am a good dad. I am a loving husband. And then it just keeps going down and you start to behave like that because you change the habits surrounding that. You, you become obsessed with being exactly who you want to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tapping the Flow. You've just heard the voice of Phil Holford. Phil is a truly inspiring human being who was one of the first people that I met when we moved from London to Brighton last September. We just hit it off straight away. He's a huge proponent of Wim Hof's amazing ability to control his own body and uh, put himself to extreme things and not really suffer the consequences other than growth. And if growth is a consequence of enduring things, then I'm all for it. Phil is just a wonderful person to speak to about anything at all, really, to be honest. Parkour, he jumps off buildings. Uh, he's an actor and a movement specialist. In fact, he puts on a gorilla suit and uh, acts like a gorilla, drawing upon the inspiration of the great animal. Uh, so I really had to listen back to this one, as it was quite a while ago when I did this, to remember what we'd spoken about. And I'm just listening to it going, oh, that's brilliant. I remember talking about that and how inspiring it was at the time. And it's been such a joy just to go back over it again. So I really think you're going to thoroughly enjoy this one. Rather than dive in to tell you what it's all about, I think the conversation will speak for itself. So over to Phil Holford. When I first met you, um, movement artist was the one that sprung to mind because I think many people could be a movement actor, but being a movement artist implies that there's a, a different side to it that's driving you. You know, it's mm -hmm. not... You're not acting so to speak you're recreating something in another way um and you spoke about being in a gorilla suit yes and bringing that to life now i wondered at what point did you begin to exhibit animal movement what as point a, in my life yeah as a boy as a what was it um unconsciously i think it was when i was a boy my mum was extremely free with me she had five kids. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, five. I have two. That's a handful. Mm -hmm. But five kids, which she at some point homeschooled each of us for a season. So I think for me, it was a year and a half. For my brother, it might have been a year. Another one, six months. Another one, three years. Mm -hmm. But basically, I think with that came the the I have to let my children explore this world and their and their bodies so she would from from a very young age allow us to climb very tall trees which people would be shocked over and and uh, you know they would tell us to get down but my mum would say no they have to learn like I've taught them how to fall safely so that if they do crash they'll catch something or they'll they'll figure it out and along the way of course I broke a few bones because I like to press those boundaries mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would say it came from from then from when I was really young. Yeah. But it became very conscious when when I left the dance world. I was a dancer for 12 years in a dance company. And when I left there, I realized, okay, I can, I can direct my body however I want to. I just have to practice it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you want to talk about the gorilla in particular? I, yeah, I just... Um well, I'll get, yeah, my, my train of thought is that is that obviously at some point as a child, uh, you would have seen the movements of animals and, mm -hmm. and, and tried to reflect that. Yeah. But I have this thing that 
you know, if you get into a meditational sense or transcendence that one can actually become the embodiment of such a thing. Yeah. Now, is there a point when you're and specifically in this, I mean, the gorilla suit, describe the gorilla suit for us. It's, it's, it's a, uh, animatronic or yeah so this gorilla suit is uh made of yak hair mm-hmm. <laughs> individually planted each hair has been punched in individually and that's a suit going on top of a muscle suit made of um what's it made of like kind of a foam latex type yeah. stuff so it's fairly heavy but it creates that body shape of the gorilla so you put that on and then the head is animatronic. So your head fits inside of this um, head and you've got eye holes or there's another one which has a little camera screen in there, like a phone screen mm-hmm. with the reverse camera of a car. So you get this kind of wide angle lens effect inside your eyes. Ah, so you can see. So I can, uh, in that suit, I yeah. can see very, very limited, and uh-huh. I don't have very good depth perception. Okay, yeah. But in the other one, I can see eighty percent. I've got eighty percent vision, which All right. is which is the better one for movement. So you can really embody the. You can do the quicker actions. So it's the suit. Is the suit necessary for you to feel like a gorilla? N- no, no, no. So no. then, yeah. So there's the there's the thing. So as a, at some point in your life. I guess you studied the movement of gorillas. Yeah, actually that happened very recently. I think what you're looking for, if I'm hearing you right, is when did it click for me that that this is something to tap into, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we had the, the do you, if you know the Eden Project in Cornwall. I do, yeah. I know very, of it. I've not been there yet. There's yeah. a really beautiful kind of bio, bio, they've created an ecosystem there for all kinds of plants. And they had a, an ex- exhibition this summer <clears throat> where they had a gorilla walking around in, and people could interact with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the idea was that it was lifelike. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't. But people could. There were a lot of people having a hard time understanding whether it was real or not, which was fun, which was very fun. But we had a, a malfunction in the suit mm-hmm. and some of the wires got crossed and there was a short story there was a fire inside the oh, head and I had oh, to no. I had to whip it off and we'd so we so no no one could come and fix it until a couple of days time yeah we had five shows a day to do so we so I had to do discover right how can I how can I make this realistic for a live audience and they have no idea because the face isn't moving anymore. I'm totally limited. So I, I, I basically ran into a struggle, ran into a, and then I had this idea. If I can nail the movements, if I can absolutely just make the, the physical movement of every tiny little thing, just focusing on each moment, then I can bring this character to life. He doesn't need a face. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, well, of course, I, I went home and I just like watched YouTube video after YouTube video of gorillas in zoos, gorillas in nature, gorillas interacting with humans, gorillas on their own, they're eating. How, what do they do when they get aggressive? Basically, I did my fucking research. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to like... No, yeah, don't okay, fucking worry cool. about it, it's fine. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I decided, right, I'm going to copy. And I literally, like a child would, you watch your kids watching TV when they're really interested in something, they, they kind of like copy it. Or they copy you, they copy the things you say. 
just like that. And interesting, after those four or five days when the guy came to fix the head, um, we we had sort of mastered this. Animals have this presence. They've got this stillness. And when they're still, there's a very powerful thing about them. Uh, and they can hold space because they're not they're not self-conscious like us. They're, they're not worried about what they look like. Mm-hmm. like us they don't mm-hmm. actually care what other people think about them they're just doing their thing and so i entered that space and then the head came back on and we had to actually discuss with the people controlling the facial expressions to tone it down because it was actually making it less real mm-hmm. which is very interesting mm. that is a beautiful that's beautiful the, the gorilla holding space um because there's a reverence to animals, isn't there? It's yeah. as you say, they, like I remember growing up in Ireland and seeing a red deer on a hillside. And there's just something that that animal is not just that animal, it's the embodiment of that animal. Mm. It's the sort of archetype of that animal. It's connected to nature in such a way. Mm. And like you say, it, it, it's a, it's not, it isn't self-conscious at all, is it? It's not commanding respect no. by needing response. It just commands respect by being itself. Yeah. And if only we could be more like that ourselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. At some point, we definitely lost the ability, probably yeah. quite a long time ago, to be yeah. ourselves. Um, so you, you sound like you tapped into the more greater sense of a gorilla. Mm. Um, does that happen with all animals? Do you think all animals have that ability, that innate ability? I, I think so. I, I haven't. I didn't dive into other animals so much. Mm. Um, yeah. But gorillas, they're in, they're, in, they're kind of like an alpha animal. So they, they're, the, they're the kings, right, of the jungle. Mm. So they, <clears throat> they have that kind of presence anyway. And that was maybe more obvious for me to find because it's quite extreme. Mm. But what I did notice about them as well, they're probably the most powerful of the jungle animals yet the most gentle yeah it takes a long time for them to get angry enough to hurt something or to attack do they know their power yes Hmm. and that's why it takes them so long because they're like look you're going to lose this fight if you keep doing this so they'll have 10 stages of showing their aggression so that it might start with just um giving eye contact that's one thing gorillas do not do unless they're pissed off good okay so don't look at a gorilla in the eyes because <laughs> you're challenging him basically i'll bear it on mine next time <laughs> definitely don't look at his his girlfriend ah. <laughs> how do you tell the difference no <laughs> yeah so i loved that about them knowing they're so powerful yet they 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 do the eye contact, they might throw some grass, they might kick a leg, they'll stand on two legs, they'll throw something, they'll mm. turn around, they'll um, do a little fist bump on the floor, they'll bang their chest, typical stuff. But there's lots of stages they go through before they actually attack anyone. Mm-hmm. And they're so gentle. I don't know if you've seen these videos of kids falling in cages and zoos. I did, yeah, a couple of years ago, wasn't there? There was a guy who fell in, and I don't know, they said the gorilla was throwing him around, but I think the gorilla was trying to get him out or something. Well, like. that's how they treat their young. They're not like, they just grab them and, yeah, it looks to us like they're pulling them around because we wouldn't treat our babies like that, but their babies are a lot stronger. 
So, yeah. so they're used to that. Um, actually, there's amazing footage of gorilla of silverbacks, you know, protecting, standing over babies mm. and kids, protecting them from mm-hmm. the others. Yeah, that that whole scenario is incredibly sad, though. Of course, uh, for sure, for that to be the case. Um, so gorillas are vegan, you know. They are yes. very gentle creatures yes. in that regard. They are vegan. They haven't they haven't acquired a desire to kill something to have to eat it. Um, I don't know how much they eat, but they probably eat quite a lot of food. But they're in, yeah, they're immensely strong, right? Yeah. Um, and they're probably quite quite an easy target to pick for reverence, mm. for looking at something going and uh, wow, that's amazing. But you know, apparently, with most creatures, you could do that if you could see it mm. properly. Like you could look if you if you look at a fly, mm. they're amazing. If you actually look at it and see what it's doing, it's quite an incredible thing to watch yeah. in action. I mean. Yeah, you could do the movement of a fly. It would require some sort of like rejigging of your of your set of movements. Yeah. Um, are they reflexes, your movements? As, as in like, do you feel that you're naturally exhibiting them or are you consciously making them happen? I, I would say <clears throat> it's a mix of the two. Yeah. I'd say it's a mix of the two, yeah. Because there's always, we always, we, there's always something to learn. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a good... Con- point to make you could do it with a fly you could and i don't know if you've heard of motion capture motion capture no. technology is a suit where they put some some little ping pong balls as mo- most people know them and it they capture the movement data they record it to a computer and then they can transform that movement into whatever they want to so you could be strings on a guitar or you could be a fly and so then you would have to like change the way that you move but that that's the conscious learning i need to move in this way mm. but once you kind of it's it's like habit forming mm-hmm. so you would form the habit physically until it's there and then you can start to play with it once it's kind of once it's practiced i think yeah i think you need to go into to learning things like that with a with a with a conscious decision to to do things and then then you can start to play with it and let that go, let the rules go a bit and start to start to find that flow. You imprint that into yourself, yeah. into your system, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, is there a point when you, is it dangerous to get too close to sort of becoming the embodiment of, of certain things? <laughs> like, I, I guess you, you, you might lose a sense of fear, like if you're acting like a gorilla around the house or something, you know? You, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever come to injury from acting like an animal or from acting like a human, acting like an animal? No, no, I haven't. No, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Every time I get injured, this is a conscious thing. It's because I wasn't paying attention. Every time. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the moment. I wasn't paying attention to my breath. Mostly, I was conscious of what I think other people think about what this looks like. Bang! There you go. So that, that is that is that's a huge nail in the coffin of self security, isn't it? Like this, this wondering what other people think, and yeah. that's what gets me every time. Yeah. Creatively speaking, I'm in a flow, and if I, as soon as I start to worry about some, what someone else thinks about it, the flow goes. Yeah. And you lose your balance. Yeah. You're not sure of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. because that so that that then is relatable to anything sort of creative, isn't it? That that mm-hmm. you do need to sort of like have some security in in what you're doing yeah but 
you have to train yourself to recognize when you're going too far, otherwise you will get injured as well. Because not mm-hmm. concentrating is losing your ability to sense danger as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Getting too confident. Because mm-hmm. you are you, you do a lot of parkour, right? Yeah. You recently got injured? Yeah. What happened? Uh, I exact okay, yeah. So I was on a roof. I haven't done a roof descent ever before. Yeah. Especially not for film. And mm-hmm. I was really focused the first time, went up there, did it, went back up there. Uh, and figured something else out and they said okay I want to film it one more time because I wasn't happy with the first shot and the second time when I was up there I was about to start the the descent down and and I got suddenly conscious this is in retrospect thinking I didn't think about this in the moment but I started to go I'm on a roof I could get in trouble someone's going to come and tell me to get down I'm am I trespassing um you know, I like took all these things into account and I, none of it was really, they would have told me to come and get off the roof. <laughs> I wasn't breaking anything. But I was conscious about, I need to hurry up. I need to get down there because I need to finish the shot and move on. Um, and I wasn't present. And so that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I made a mistake on the way down and landed on, on my foot and crushed it under my weight. Mm-hmm. Could have been a lot worse. I could have fallen off the roof, um, but the training helped me, and that's yeah, yeah. How, how ironic that you um, were afraid of the very thing that happened to you, you know, because you would have got in trouble for potentially being in danger. So worrying about being in danger put you in danger. That's <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you manifested your fear as well, that's essentially. It. I put you know? attention on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is. This is something that you're obviously very aware of as a, as a human being and how you act on the planet. It's bringing attention to that which you wish to manifest. Yes. Um, were you brought up like that? No. What were you brought up like? What was your... Hmm. Uh, Christian. I was brought up Christian in a uh, like a charity organisation that helps... Ver- they do a ver- massive amount of work around the world. Yeah. Uh, mainly with poor communities. Um, mm-hmm. So I was raised deep within that kind of community. That's that a bit like a commune, I suppose. And um, we went from different spot to different spot. We moved every couple of years. Um, yeah, very much raised in a church, typical church, mm-hmm. Western church mentality, evangelical church. In uh, South America? Yeah, it started in South America for the first 10 years of my life. <clears throat> then my family moved back to London and then it was in London until... I left home um so that was from about age 10 to 10 to 18 when I left home um but so so yeah my mindset was very much about following rules yeah about guilt when I've done something wrong and it was very difficult for me to forgive myself very easy to judge others because you're constantly you're constantly looking at the rule book and measuring things from black and white and not looking at people, not having compassion on people's situations mm-hmm. or their, where they're at or what they understand, but it's just yes or no. And, you know, there's something to that. It definitely can stop you from making excuses, but at the same time, it doesn't breathe any life when it's, when it's so rigid, you know, and it didn't help me to, to grow, actually. It helped me to to just stay guilty feel guilty that was a big one you may relate with that one as a Mm. raised in a 
Irish I was see I wasn't raised religiously at all no you um, weren't but you recognise but it. I've seen oh man I've seen friends who have done themselves in because of uh, Catholic guilt man so I, yeah. I and I've seen it I still see it it's it's there yeah it's um the most obvious thing for me was being uh in a all boys seminary sort of environment where we were taught I was from the age of 13 um and you're taught by priests. You come into school in the morning and you probably get a belt around the head, you know? Wow. You know, they, I mean, I've had my head caught and banged off a wall because wow. for what reason? Because you look a bit funny. Yeah. The, there are obviously multifaceted things of that. The the interesting thing about that is there was very there was a lack of guilt upon the on the priest's side because they can obviously absorb their sins at the end of the day. Uh, start with a clean slate in the morning, guilt-free, come in, beat the crap out of the kids, and then away they go. Uh, and in that sort of environment, the children would never tell their parents because if they told their parents, they'd be hit as well. Mm. And this was all to do with guilt, <laughs> all to do with being um, bad and in the eyes of the Lord, the yeah. all-controlling eyes of the Lord. And, and it, it's control that's at fault there. Yeah, Very hard to see where it originates, though, because on a, on a human level, um, this communal sense of faith is a very powerful thing. And yeah. It holds people together. Yeah, but if you're being held together under the fear of of, of being guilty or fearful, under of fear of any kind. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. what a thing to tell a kid—you're going to burn in hell. Like, yeah. that's not very that's not very really healthy. No. So, so you've left that behind now. Do you think? Or yeah, you're I, a very really spiritual have. person. Like, but I, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I when I left this dance company, which which I spoke a little bit about, um, I lost my identity as well. Like. Because mm. my, I poured all my identity into being the best I could possibly be in in the dance world. And was I that re- linked to the church, the dance company? I went in and out of the church mindset because I was. There's a spirituality that we're all looking for. Perhaps people wouldn't name it spirituality, but there's yeah. a perhaps a sense of peace, a sense of acceptance, a sense of love somewhere that isn't related to the circumstances we're living in. Does that make sense? It does. So we're all yeah. looking for something more. We know there's something more. We know it, but it's very difficult to mm. put it into words because it's like you said, you don't need words when you're creating this music and it reminds you of your brother. And mm. you, there's this there's this space which is just about relationship and it doesn't need words to have this sense of relationship. So I was always looking for that. But when I left the dance company, I I lost my identity. So I went back to the church because that was the kind of strongest, most foundational, came from my childhood. Maybe I missed something. So what am I missing that that I see people who are very successful and happy in in the church have? So I dove deep into that. Mm -hmm. I was fasting. I was, you know, um, going to all these church meetings, doing this extra stuff, neglecting time with my family so that I could read the Bible more and be more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could see that it wasn't good for my family, but I kept doing it because I thought that eventually they'll get it. Um, but you say your family, <coughs> the family... Your family. Sorry, my wife and kids. Yeah, so your family before that was the church. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was almost like you were going back to an old family and I can understand it's quite hard yeah. to have two families isn't it yeah yeah that was really hard so this is a recent thing then it is yeah. a very recent thing January 2019 so that's this year yeah Um I see was when I was like that's it I've had enough yeah I'm not healthy it's not good for my family I'm not in the career I want to be in yeah 
I'm not earning the money I want to. I'm not having the fulfillment or contribution to society that I want to have in the church. Like I'm just feeding a church. I'm not, I'm not with people. You know, I actually stopped kind of, I felt like I wasn't actually caring about people. I just wanted mm. to level up. <laughs> did you, yeah, did did you, because when I first met you, I, I met a fellow who had an, in, an intense desire to question your yeah. eyes were full of questioning. Your eyes were non-judgmental. Yeah. Uh, your eyes would absorb information. Now I'm, I'm assuming that in the church that probably wasn't the case. That there's a there's a there's a there are limits on the information you're supposed to absorb. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. There are limits on the information that you're supposed to absorb. There's mm. n- there's no there's very little open focus mm-hmm. there. And I'm not knocking the church for like anything because there's a lot of truth there there is a lot of truth but it it's not the whole truth you who can contain an infinite being in one book or in one set of rules it just you can't god himself says that it mm-hmm. cannot be contained right is one mm-hmm. one with everything so he's got to be one with buddha as well as yeah exactly you know it's yeah. just not possible for you to contain god in one it's full of contradictions. In fact, there is no word for such a thing because language is severely lacking in the ability to describe such things. So don't bother. Mm, here's um, an interesting thing about there's no word. It, what's the word? Yesh- Yeshua? No, not Yeshua. Um, Yahweh. Uh-huh. You know Yahweh? Have you heard this word? You might have mentioned it to me, but yeah. Fill might us, have mentioned it. Fill us in. Yahweh is the word for God that can't be uttered. And it's not because it's, sh- it's not supposed to be uttered or it's dangerous to. It's that it's not possible to utter. It can only be breathed. Mm-hmm. And that is fascinating to me, especially when it comes to tapping into the flow. Mm-hmm. And this is where I, my whole mindset transformed. It's around breath. To me, breath is communion with God. To breathe, to become aware of your breath, to become f- intensely focused on the now, on this moment of breathing. That... <sighs> to me says God like that is life breath is the life and um and I love that in ancient Judaism you know that word cannot be uttered it can only be breathed so that means it's an intensely individual experience because no one can breathe for you yeah you have to do it you have to do it that's that is beautiful um so you use the word God, obviously not to describe a man sitting on the clouds, but no. to describe all life, all breath in yes, life. Yeah. Without breath, there is no life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just on a sort of like the utterance of the phrase "Om" um, mm. is the apparently the only thing we can say without vocalizing it. It's our mouth closing as we make a sound when it, it rises from the belly to the head through the chakras um if you say that you can feel it rising um right yeah 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 yeah. so the word amen apparently came from the word wow yeah stolen yeah yeah stolen (laughs) (laughs) stolen but if you get to sanskrit then in sanskrit apparently there, there is a it's it's all about how you feel the sound like apparently a sanskrit master will teach his student but his back their backs to each other and the vibrational quality of the sound is what yeah. matters. Um, they, do, they put their backs to they each put other. Back to each other and oh. he will teach them the words how to say it through the vibration and it's how it wow. vibrates the atoms within your body. I love that. You know, and it is again, this is the deeper, deeper meaning, meaning to it that we can't get through normal uses of language. Yeah. We're lacking. But let's go back to the gorilla. Yeah. Because this reverence f- to, f- for something like that 
in its environment, it is untouchable. Mm. Um, and then there's us, so self-conscious, so so all over the place, so trying to grasp onto things. We're not happy, we're not happy. Um, the richest man in the world will look like the saddest man in the world. He's mm. constantly worried. Yeah. But we are, in our natural environment, sitting very peacefully in nature, probably eating a banana as a gorilla would. Yeah. Probably quite peaceful as well. Yeah. You know, our language would have been like, this would have been breath, breathing, mm. knowing your life through this, communing with nature. Um, tree consciousness apparently was a was tree a big thing. Yeah. You know, the trees have an ability to, to uh, speak to each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we, maybe when we look at animals and we revere them, it's because we know that they are as they should be. They teach us the, the way. In yeah, way. and yeah. we're not. Mm. We're not as we should be. We're constantly struggling. Mm. Um, I know we push forward with technology. We're like, okay, we can, we can do this. We can, we can achieve this. But for every foot you put forward, you're losing one foot back, you know. Mm. And back in the past, I mean, it's hard to say how far back, but when we were living as gorillas or whatever, yeah. if that was the case, or we're aliens. Yeah. Who knows, man? Yeah. But, you know, we are we are severely lacking the ability to be ourselves these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have your vlog. Yeah. Um, which yeah. you describe as wanting to give people something. Yeah. Um, to communicate things. Uh, and, and I love watching your, your vlogs because you're learning Thank as you, you go along. And I, yes. your last vlog about the breathing, which was, people should check this out. It, it, it was a wonderful thing to see. Um, and you said like, yeah, my videos are not the best at the moment, but I'm learning as I go along. And you think that that's an important part to be that exposed yeah. and to yeah. allow people into the process. Yeah. That in itself is giving. The whole act is, a, is an act of giving, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think is the main motivation for wanting to do that? a very good question so i've i think there are two things that the first one i'm going to be really transparent here i feel like i've succeeded in every area of life and and of course there's always more to learn x i feel like i've succeeded in you know learning how to navigate relationship the disappointments the the good things about relationship the love the joy the the rough times there's always time to grow so relationship i feel like okay i've got something i i'm really satisfied with and giving same with the careers that the, the, what i'm doing i love what i do and i'm happy with you know where i live and i'm happy with all this stuff i'm really satisfied but financially financially the mindset i had was you you don't need anything else than you need Mm-hmm. that's it <clears throat> but recently i've started to in my breath meditations weirdly have these visions of like way more and it's not that i want to have this loads and loads of money to like have that's cool to have all the stuff in in the world but i'm not materialistic you know mm-hmm. we don't need stuff um but if you had more with a right heart a generous heart how much more could you impact the world if you if you had this kind of wealth right and so part of it part of my motivation for doing a lot of the things i'm doing is because i want to start taking responsibility for my own life and build the future that i want for my family they're my reason why i want to be with them more i want time Mm -hmm. and i want to have enough that i can just be as 
generous with people fund people's projects you know encourage people and that's that leads me to the 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 thing i discovered because first it started about money and then it became about how can i make money how can i make money and then i heard this guy what's his name russell brunson i think russell brand not russell brand russell brunson there's a guy called russell brunson okay and he said he says it's not it's not how it's who he says stop asking the question how do i get this done instead ask who can help me do this or who who so then i started going oh to get to where i want to go it's about who it's about people so it's about contributing to people that gives me massive fulfillment that i'm helping people giving them tools to improve their lives and encourage them in what they love to do but at the same time maybe there's a way to create job opportunities for the people that i'm touching and for myself and we're connecting dots so community is being built and now actually that's the most exciting part for me the money's cool i'll i'll get to that at some point like currently it's like dreadful <laughs> tell me about it man it's day by day now you know yeah but you're, you're describing yeah so the value is in the community it's the value yeah, it's yeah. what value yeah. do you give everything that you do has to provide value to people otherwise there's no point mm. otherwise it is just about the money otherwise mm-hmm. it is you will become the richest person with no joy mm-hmm and I don't want to be that. I want I want success in every area of my life. Wow, this is the silly question, but what does success actually look like? So I think I think success is different to different people. Mm-hmm. To me, I'd say I'd say I I have to feel fulfilled in what I do. I have to love what I do, so that's success. I have to have quality time with my family, with my children, and my wife. <clears throat> and I, I need to I need to earn a really good living. Mm-hmm. So which one's the one you you visualize? I visualize them all together. They are one. Do you create um, a picture of success in two years' time in your mind and try and hold on to that? Yes. So it's a house somewhere with a camping. I have a or... vision board. Um, mm-hmm. I have a big vision board which is of my ten year plan. It's just visual and a few words which inspire me. I'm still working on it, but it's about 80% done. Yeah, and it has like pictures of exactly what I've seen in my visions Mm -hmm. and what I'm putting my attention on. And I see people's lives being completely transformed like a seed. And that seed gets planted in a person's heart. They get transformed and they go off and they work on it. They don't just come to a class or a retreat and then don't change the the tools that I want to give people are tools that they can use and transform their lives and then find their own meaning of success and then transform other people's lives and create their lives that they want yeah so it's like seeds you know one seed goes into a plant when that goes to seed it's like you can't count the seeds anymore it's just too there are too many Mm -hmm. it's 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 interesting because you 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 grew up in a community um Mm -hmm. of of Probably a lot of people's ethics behind it were of doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Of providing other people with the means to survive who were not so lucky. So you've obviously been inspired by that. 
now having seen how that was actually quite controlling um i guess you've 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 seen that you should give as much information as you can and not just mm -hmm. a sort of like blinkered view of what yeah. success can mean to other yeah. people yeah do you think that um, well, you've obviously seen 10 years down the line, you have um, a retreat somewhere where people yeah. can come and yeah. then they can grow with the information that you've planted, as you say, and yeah. go forth and prosper, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And what I love about it is it's not, it's not, it, the, what, I, what keeps me humble is, and it's dangerous when you start to label yourself as humble. <laughs> Because then people go, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what keeps me humble, and this is, you'll, you'll see what I mean, is the information I'm giving and sharing, It's it didn't originate from me. It yeah. originated from this ethereal thing called life, God, yeah. breath, yeah. which is beautiful because nobody can claim it as theirs, but it's all it's been gifted to each one of us, so it is ours. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, um, one of the criticisms that people have of, of organized religion is that they hold on to the information and then right. uh, almost charge an entrance fee to yeah. gain it. Yeah. Um, and it it should uh, it should be the right of everybody to possess this information. And yeah. as you say, it's very organic. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, you're only asking for a sense of community in passing upon the information mm. because it's benefited you. Yeah. It can benefit other people. Yeah. Um, it's very poetic that you um, study breath and breathing and you want to pass it on and then that's, that is life essentially. Mm. Yeah. Do yeah. you, uh, how long have you been doing the breathing, the particular exercise you were doing the other day? Too? So the breathing I started when I, fairly soon after I left that dance company because I'd lost something. I was chronically injured um, with various injuries. This was last year? No, this was... Um, Four years ago now. Four years ago, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, four years ago, exactly four years ago. Mm. And I was searching, 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 how do I heal? I came across the same physio that you've been going yeah. to see. And they talk a lot about um, kind of accepting and there's not just hands-on physio, but they also talk about meditation and don't they? They're into that. Mm -hmm. And I landed on a guy called Wim Hof, who probably many people have heard of mm -hmm. by now. He's the Iceman. He does this breathing thing. And I just instinctually just went, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it. So I did it. And of course, the first time I did it, I felt amazing. So I kept doing it. And I did that for a season, about three months. I did his course, online mm -hmm. course. Um, then I stopped, I guess life got, I let life get in the way. So I came in and out of it. But this year, like I said, I had this transformation. I started to go much deeper into breath and started to go, okay, well, breath is always there for me. So I need to be consistently showing up for it. And it will consistently show me more because mm. there's always more. Is it, it's, um, I, I have the same relationship with meditation or breathing. That, that It's the answer. Uh, and I know, I, fucking, I know it is, man. Yeah. You know, if I do it, I'm happy. Yeah. But I get to a point in my mind where I'm like, God, I can't be doing this now. This is wasting time. I should be doing something else. Got all this stuff to do. Hmm. But the reality is, if you do your breathing, the rest of the stuff flows. Yeah, and we forget that. You know, yeah. we, we, it's 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 one of the most valuable experiences you can have is treating yourself well for twenty minutes. Yeah, breathing, oxygenating your blood, even on a purely phys physiological yeah. level, it's hugely beneficial. Oh yeah. Mentally speaking, the clarity, as you say, um, that's why. You can get up at two. What time do you get up in the morning? Three o'clock. I get up at three fifteen. Three fifteen. Um, 
And like one of the reasons that works is because you can activate yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting point. So many times I wake up at 3.15 feeling a little, a little foggy. Yeah. I'd say it happens half the time. Then I start my breathing. The first round is hard. And then the other two, three rounds that I do are, are they charge me. And then afterwards I'm, I'm on and mm-hmm. I can do seven hours of work in two and a half hours. Yeah. And it's so quick. Like every, like you say, spend the 20 minutes on yourself being present and everything else just happens faster <laughs> afterwards. And That's more. it. You, yeah. You're energizing yourself. You're but there's a your- trick, right? Your mind wants to go, no, I've got all this shit to do. Mm-hmm. And your mind's not present. It's like, I've got that podcast to edit. I've got to write this song. I've got to clean the house. I've got to take my kid to this group. And But you're not with the breath. If you're with the breath, you feel good. Yeah, I've done it. I've, I've done what I've needed to do. I feel successful. That's another thing about success. Success is what do you do that makes you feel happy so that you're available for people? So yeah. I do loads of exercise. I eat healthy. I sleep well. I drink water. I do all of these things. And it's not because, oh, yeah, I need to be healthy. It's because when I do them, I'm so full, I'm happy with myself mm-hmm. that I... I have more energy, mental energy and heart energy to give to my children when they need it or to my wife or to you or to who any, anyone I encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, um, this is a very good way of looking at it. You know, you're not just doing it for yourself either. It's part of life. It's, but I get benefited big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's odd that because if you it, like with the breathing, with the sort of allowing yourself time to breathe yourself into alertness. The amount of people who presumably would spend twenty minutes, thirty minutes on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the that's the that's the number, isn't it? Like if you get distracted on Facebook, that's the average amount of time you're distracted into for. the wormhole. Twenty hole. minutes. It's about twenty minutes. I, don't know, I I catch myself. Yeah, me I, too. <laughs> I'm in the studio. And I'm like, I just <laughs> accidentally on purpose press F, and it automatically comes up Facebook. I'm like, enter, and I'm like great oh it's a picture of I mean, everybody knows the story like but all of a sudden 20 minutes later you're looking mm-hmm. at a picture of someone's dog yeah who, who you don't know and you're like that's an interesting dog i'm gonna google that dog I'm like mm-hmm. why what's mm-hmm. this wormhole mm-hmm. about there's a point <laughs> there's a point when you've chosen um yeah. and if, if you could just replace that with like i'm gonna sit in a chair and meditate for five minutes how much more productive would you be for the rest of the hour yeah so that's the yeah that's, that's why you don't need the challenge, do you? Because you're already challenging yourself. But my challenge for today, because I'm in creative mode, is to not access that world at all. Because mm. that's not a real world. Anyway. Social media world. Social media world. Yeah, switch that off for a I bit. I went for a long time with no Facebook uh, yeah, account. And I got back into it because I wanted to promote my band. Yeah. You know, and also yeah. go on the homeschooling network and Brighton yes, as well, you know. Yes. And it's been very important for that. There's no replacement for that that I have found. Yeah. But do you know what? Because you've taken a season out you can come in with greater clarity and actually start to to build awareness over filtering the stuff that isn't serving your goals or serving mm-hmm. your family. Because that's all it is, actually. Flow state. Flow state is not about becoming aware of everything. It's the opposite. It's about, it's about channeling into the one thing that matters. And they've done scientific research, right? I don't know exactly all what's going on in the brain, but basically things shut off. And your brain is constant. Like if I tell you to look at this room for 30 seconds and then close your eyes and tell me everything that was brown, 
because you weren't looking for brown things, you may only be able to mention two or three things. But if I tell you, look at this room for 30 seconds and and then look for the things that are brown, then close your eyes and tell me everything that was brown, you'd be able to list 10 or 12 things because you were looking for them mm-hmm. and you ignored everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's flow state. It's about going into the, into the one thing that matters. Yeah, and that... Well, that's being prepared, isn't it? That's using your tools to access something. But that's interesting because if I'm looking at the room, I've seen everything, but I'm not aware of what I need to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think flow state is also getting out of your own way sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but you've described it as also being quite aware of what you need to find. Mm. Um, you, um, are you studying that at the moment, flow state? Yeah. 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 Do you apply it to yourself? Yes, in, in, I so have to. You yeah. have to, yeah. Because I see you, when you're doing your vlogs, you could break into a, a routine of dance or something. <laughs> and you're not, like, you've got out of your own way. What I mean by getting out of your own way, you're you're not consciously aware of looking a certain way. You're just rea- acting as you feel. Yeah. Or are you? Because you're mm. a trained movement person as well. So maybe it's... There's that. I've got that to fall back on. And, and interestingly, doing that stuff is a, is a mask sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I'm good at it and I can impress people, then I use it and, and I feel safe. <laughs> so interesting that, isn't it, man? <laughs> what looks like something like, oh, this guy's so unselfconscious, so you're free. consciously being unselfconscious. Yeah. yeah. So many times I cut cut that stuff out of the video so you don't see it because... Mm-hmm. And so that's why I choose to talk to the camera and so that you can see my eyes and see my face. Um, and the cutting and stuff is just just an aesthetic thing i like the way it's sharp and quick and yeah i yeah. like that it's fun yeah but the the communication with the eyes and you know that was always very difficult for me eye contact is very difficult for me especially when i'm talking about myself right because i don't like when i'm when i'm having eye contact with someone and i'm talking about it talking about myself or talking about a concept and i maintain mostly eye contact then you can kind of then you know that um, it's honest, it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not just searching for words, I'm kind of, I'm actually engaged in this topic. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to talk about myself. Like It's hard. It's hard, yeah. Well, it's... It's exposing. It's ex- Yeah, and also it's... I don't know, it's not, because it's easy to say, oh no, that's very, that's sort of like self-centered to talk about yourself, but it, 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 it puts you in a position where you actually have to answer the questions that you may be not ready to answer as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that the right conversation can coax the answer out of you that maybe you didn't need to find. Uh, and, yeah. and I hope to achieve this through I these kind like of conversations. I feel like you're doing that. You are doing that. Let's get to the, the root of things, you know. Um, the question of family, because you obviously in your videos, you've got your two lovely children there as mm. well, uh, Zion and Thor. And, and it's totally adorable to see them there. Uh, it, it's the breathwork thing was that's that's so amazing man the wee man was like he was totally getting into <laughs> he it as was well going for it, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. he loves it but it's it, it it strikes me that there must i mean if it was me in that scenario i'm, I'm sure i'd be getting pretty frustrated as well like um do you manage that well mm. you know you, you obviously that's probably as big a test as you're gonna get yeah because you really don't want to react badly to your children but sometimes frustration of life can wear you down I mean I I don't put those things on the vlog maybe I should maybe I should film somewhere I lose it Um, because I lose it 
Yeah. I shout sometimes. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not about making mistakes or shouting or losing it. It's about how, how long do you stay in that mindset? How long do you hold on to something? Now, 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 <laughs> yesterday, I found myself getting frustrated with them. I shouted at Thor. I think he, I think he was just doing the typical five-year-old poking yeah. until the person gets pissed off with whatever that it was. And I said, yeah, oh, yeah. stop. I'm really sorry I shouted. Like straight away. Yeah. Straight away, I immediately recognized the frustration. The lid popped off. And then immediately, I, because of the training, I suppose, just went, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to shout. What you're doing is upsetting me. Or you deal with it then, but. Yeah, it's very hard, that isn't it, man? I mean, I I think if I'm trying to do something creative, and uh, Oscar, my son, comes and 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 throws me off from what I'm doing, and it's it's so easy to default to losing it. Mm. It's much harder to sort of converse and say, okay, I'm I'm feeling like this, and they always act like we act, you know. They're sponges for that. Yeah, it's 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 an art form to be calm at all times. Luckily, I have a partner who's ideally. When I lose it, she's calm. Yeah. Things really go wrong if we both lose it at the same time. You yeah, know? that's tough. Right? And that is a spiral. And the, and the child, obviously, like when you're six or seven or whatever age at that time, you just don't know what's going on. Your mm. whole world falls apart. If your parents lose it, that's like, oh, no. Well, if they've both gone, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah, so it's 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 very brave that you have them, have them there. But it feels that, to me that it's also part of the challenge. Mm. to have them and I guess you want to involve them because it's also about them isn't it yeah as much yeah it is about them yeah and I mean what better way to I mean no one can ever prepare you fully for having a child it's you learn on the job there's no school for that there's no (laughs) school there's no school for that you can learn the psychology of children, what children need, how to how to play with them, how to enjoy their company, how to deal with them. But t- you can have a kid for a week every day if you're babysitting and then that's it. You can not have a kid again. But if you're with them 24 hours a day all the time and it's year on year all the yeah. time just going on, no one can train you for that. You have to learn on the job. And mm. I think that that's probably why... I haven't logicalized any of this stuff in my vlog. I just feel like I need to communicate stuff and I'm just going to do it in, with everything that I've got at, available to me and mm-hmm. that that lots of people have kids and kids are part of our society and I see people who don't have kids get really angry with them. Um, and I just want them to be aware that like they're just playing and learning from us, from their society. That's so, that's beautiful, man. That's 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 yeah. That's really powerful. That that sort of like adds to it essentially to see them there as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and it is. Yeah, it is a sad world when people seek to compartmentalize and put children over there when mm. we can learn so much from them. Right. You know, that's like. I mean, you must learn immense amounts from your child. You must learn about what you were like as a child as well, from how they yeah, act, you know. Yeah, yeah. I do, and I, I, I see the problems as well. I can see, like, in my own son, I'm like, is he going to is he going to inherit the same flip-floppity nature that I have? Like, I spoke to my mother about my career decision to no longer do the acoustic thing, which had got me the publishing deal and to do this crazy-ass weird thing, which happens with regular regularity. <laughs> I even actually, before that, I even said to my partner, Maria, I said... 
I had a plan. I had got a year plan. I was like, this is a great year plan. The only way this is going to go wrong is if I change, if I flip flop. And she's like, okay, Dave, that's not going to happen. And then here I am yesterday saying, I flip flopped. I'd already come down this wormhole of doing all this crazy stuff. And I spoke to my mother and she's like, your dad was just the same. He'd get so far with an idea, it'd be going really well. And then, and then he'd go, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to mm. go over there. And, and I'm like, why do you think that is? I thought it was fear of failure, but I think it's fear of success. Um, so you limit yourself. I think it's quite hard to quantify. It's like my uncle said to me, it's when things look like they're going really well and, and you think, oh, I can do that. It's not a challenge anymore. Right. I don't think that's the case. I actually think it, it's, you're climbing a, you're climbing a hill and then you're like, you see this sort of like mountainous piece and you're like, I can do that. And you climb up it and then you get so far up, you're like, damn it, if I go any higher, I'm in a lot of trouble. I can still get back down again. Because right. you see another route that looks sunnier. And then you go up the sunnier route and it's just brilliant. And you're looking at the other one going, I'm glad I didn't go that way. Then you see another, this is very exciting. And you scramble up and you're like, oh no. It's the mm. same, the same thing manifests, you know, this fear. Mm. This, um, it's something to do with that. It's, it's a, I think it's an inner, it, I think it's passed on ancestrally, man. I think it's like, yeah. because of my, I, I do a bit of shamanic um, voyaging and I've done, I've, I've done some where I've, you know, I've become something of, of my past, not my mother, not my grandmother, but someone like several generations back feeling the fear of, of being told they were worthless and that. Wow. And I think the echoes of that travel through my family, you know. Mm. I think my son is is seems to be affected by that in somewhat. Mm. In fact, there is certainly some mental health issues in my family, which I'm more aware of now. Yeah. Yeah, because of my brother and uh, recently, yeah, other stuff that's been going on. So I'm aware of it, but I, I really don't want that happen, to happen to my son, you know. But how do I stop it? Mm. You know, how do we protect them from what we were? Because you, mm. you yourself being brought up in that sort of community environment will have been treated in certain ways that you then carry out on your children yeah. that are subconscious to you. Yeah. And that's part of the journey that I've been on now is to become conscious of them. That's why I like to do the deep breath work because it puts me in a theta brainwave or close to a theta brainwave. Right. So I can start reprogramming all the stuff I don't like about what's coming out of me. What's that, that theta brain? Because I, I, I understood that TV is what children get the a theta brain wave activity from watching television. Really? Apparently. I read that. That could be wrong. Okay. But it is, it is, what is that? Describe that to me. So, I, so when you come out of deep sleep, right, deep sleep's the, sl the slowest brain wave forms, right? And when you start to come to being into a more waking state you you travel through the levels of the brain waves which i, I don't know off by heart I'd have yeah, to read them. yeah but you go from the lower one all the way up i think the highest one is like beta that's conscious of what we're in now is there an alpha brain wave i wonder yeah alpha i think might be yeah i don't know anyway yeah. you go through those and and when you're in dreamland you're in totally in the subconscious mind which is basically what children zero to seven are always in yeah they don't have they just stay in that place. Um, so that's what meditation does. And that's why you say it's the key, it's the answer, because you're going back into a, into the foundation of you and recreating a way that you want it to be. So meditation typically probably put you in a, place, a state of peace, mm -hmm. a state of calm, 
a state of clarity and focus because you want to be able to see clearly and do things effectively. And that's that's why I do the breath work and meditation stuff too, because it puts me into that place where I can start to then go consciously when I'm there. Okay, I want I want that part in my future. And then I put it there and then I, I literally put, will put myself in my garden and, and look at what things are made of and touch the, bal- the banister and I'll put my foot on the grass and I'll, oh, it's a bit wet today. That's nice. I'm going to go for a little walk and I'll walk around there. Hmm. I'll smell, I'll hear the birds, I'll see my kids playing. I'll, you know, I, I, I actually f- put myself inside of that place because my brain is more susceptible to accept that as truth. And when you create something in that space, in that kind of the quantum field space, as I've heard called, then it's then your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and that. So, so it's real and, and, and you're putting your attention there and you, you draw that stuff to you. And I've noticed that about people, the people that are being popping up in my life are only people that encourage and inspire me. Like mm-hmm. they're the ones I'm having conversations with all mm-hmm. the time. Spark me. Yeah, I've, I really have found that since I've come here. It's always something that I've been told is the right thing to do is to visualize something, put yourself in that place yeah, get the, the sensory. Yeah. Load yourself sensorily speaking. Feel it. You feel it. But I think that unless it gets to your subconscious, it's probably not going to be something that acts within you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something you act upon. It needs to mm-hmm. act within you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know what's happened, but since I've moved here, the things that I desired have started to happen. <laughs> mm. it's, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure what I'm doing differently. It might be communing with the sea. It might just be that. Yeah. That because I I have this thing about the sea that it's non-judgmental. Mm. It is never the same, but it's always the same. It's always mm. reliable. You're never looking at the same piece, but you know it's there. You know, there's yeah. something about it. Some say it's just effortlessly brilliant. Yeah. You know, it allows you to be not even need language to feel secure. You know, you don't need wow. that shit. And I feel this with the sea. And and there's something specific about Brighton. It's a soupy grey sea. It's not like blisteringly blue or anything like. That. There's something sort of it's not it's 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 sort of like earthy it's an mm. earthy sea and then there's the then there's the the stony beach and you're like wow look you could pick up an individual stone and each stone is beautiful in its own right but together there are a huge community of stones mm, and you're like yeah. this is great you know yeah and and I, I i don't know it's it's speaking to me you know and in any case i've diversified from what i was talking about which was this need to transfer the stuff to the subconscious mm-hmm. the theta brainwave is yeah. is is this accessing the subconscious I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I choose to do my breath work immediately upon waking up. Right. I wake up, I walk upstairs. Well, I have to go pee. But (laughs) I wake up and pee. Yeah. And then I do my breath work. And you set everything up the night before. I set it up the night before because I want, because then I'm preparing for that success. Yeah. I will do this task. It's a certainty. I don't know what I'm going to feel like when I wake up in the morning, but that's there, that's there, that's there, that's there. All I need to do is do it. Yeah. Do you think that this devotion to um, uh, a schedule, essentially, is something that came from being in a religious community? Yeah, I think it came more more from the dark time I had of losing my identity. And fasting, I don't know if you've done much fasting, but 
fuck me, that's hard. Yeah. Like doing a seven day water fast is hard. Which Hannah would go on tour with the company. Yeah. She'd be in Australia for a week and I'd be with the two kids alone, not eating any food, preparing food all day long for them. Oh man. <laughs> that's biting off more than you can chew without eating anything. Yeah. Wow, and, I, and then I would do, you know, I would fast every other day for yeah. months on end. And and then do another seven day water fast. Basically, I was wasting away physically. Why were you doing that? Because I wanted to I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to know more. I wanted to understand more about what God what? I wanted to be. Accepted. It was a religious fasting thing. I wanted to be accepted by God. I wanted to have power to heal the sick, you know, to 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 raise the dead and do all the like really crazy imaginative stuff that we are totally capable of. Mm hmm. I just need, I wanted to learn how to do it. And I thought fasting, prayer, all that stuff was a part of it. And, but what it taught me was the willpower, the willpower to see a task through, mm -hmm. no matter the cost, no matter the cost. Now in that situation, it was a little bit negative because it damaged my health. I didn't have energy for my children and yeah. and all my wife when she got back and it made me kind of grumpy but what it did do is it developed this will in me i i can be consistent all my life my mom my dad my and nothing against them i love you mom and dad <laughs> is they you know say things like you're you're a very impatient person you pick things up you put them down you're not consistent so with all this waking up at 3 15 a.m doing all this stuff now I go, the power of I can't, right? Someone's been told me all the time that I can't do this, I can't do that. And I'm like, well, actually, I can. Yeah. I can do that. I can be the most consistent person anyone will ever meet if I want to be. Mm -hmm. You are, you, you, you become what you decide to, to be. So the decision is made to be consistent. Yeah. Whatever and even if I'm feeling like I'm faking it till I make it, I am programming every level of my consciousness. I want to go as deep as I can, but right now it's might feel a bit weak and go, I am consistent. I am a good dad. I'm a loving husband. And then it just keeps going down and you start to behave like that because you change the habits surrounding that. You, you become obsessed with being exactly who you want to be. That's brilliant. I need a bit of that. I think it's, it's so the goal is consistency, whatever that consistency, consistency is applied to, but the you're aiming for consistency. Because yeah. if I have, if I have consistency in my career path without flip flopping from one side to the other, I'm going to make it somewhere. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's how it works, man. You know, yeah. it's not that I'm not good at what I do. It's just that I'm very bad at applying it on a consistent basis. Yeah. So you're, you're striving for consistency, even in your weakest moments, you're, you're, what you want to achieve is at least consistency. Yeah. You're giving yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Because consistent, it's not even necessarily about, I'm not consistently coming up and doing bad practice. I'm consistently showing up and giving my best effort. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a time where I get very, very little done. Cause sometimes I just, I, for whatever reason, my mind is, I'm having a hard time pulling it into being focused. And so sometimes not much will get done. So in those yeah. situations, I go, what's what one step did I take? I didn't take that step yesterday, so I'm a bit more ahead. So then I can already start thinking, oh yeah, I've I've achieved. I've done something and I've I consistently showed up. And that wasn't like 
and then I'm not comparing it to another day. I'm just going, I gave my best effort. So consistently giving your best effort. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Um, that's, yeah. I, I, and at no point, because this is a quite hard one. I, I the, the most horrible person I've ever met in my life is myself, to myself. You know, I think that like I, I can be very negative to myself more than anybody else. I wouldn't right. treat anybody else like I treat myself. Wow. Um, do you suffer from that then? <coughs> I used to. I used to. I used to be very hard on myself, be very generous and kind with other people, gracious. That was a big one. Yeah. Very forgiving with other people. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. You were feeling tired. Yeah, yeah. But with me, I'd be like, it doesn't matter if you're feeling tired. You're right. like, bang, bang. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not driving you now, though. No, because, no. It's not, it's, it's not a powerful enough motivator. It just damages me and pushes me into emotional or physical pain. Fear is not a powerful motivator. No. no, but fear is a friend. Fear is a friend. I personalize fear now. I say, I say, hello, fear. You're very welcome to stay around. You can, you can, you can be around. You can hang out. You can stay present. You don't have to go anywhere. But you are not my master. Recognizing it, yeah, I, I like that. I think it's a very powerful way of, of of dealing with it, essentially. Because then that biblical thing of love casts out all fear does actually work. Because fear is going to be around. You're never yeah. going to not experience it. But when you love and you're gracious with life and yourself you can recognize fear present with you and you can just go well i i love that i don't need you Mm -hmm. so i'm casting you out Mm -hmm. because i just love to do this or to i know i'm doing it for my family or i'm creating things that mean something to people and yeah whatever it is Um, and beyond fear lies success in any case so you have to get beyond fear yeah. to get success, but you can't get beyond fear unless you can see it. Yeah, you have to recognize it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, this is again my thing with all this, um, the flip flopping from one style to the other, trying to sort of uh, recognizing that fear might be operating has been very powerful for me. Seeing that it, it could be what's what what's happening at that moment. Is it because I'm scared? Am I doing this? So I'm very fear conscious now. Mm. I'm aware of it. And it's like you inviting it into the room, mm. almost having a conversation with it. Yeah. Giving it an identity, sort of going, okay, is this what you're about? This is fear I'm feeling. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, let's have a look, closer look at that. Uh, and then, because I know on the other side of that, there's something I really want. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because you're, you're, you're scared because it you might not be up to the job. You're scared because there is some kind of like negative force Um that just tries to interrupt you somehow in what you're after and, and you're nervous because you, you do want it. You mm. do want that next level of life. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, like you say, you, you have to slay the dragon to get the princess, right? You, yeah. You have to. There's no other way. And you can't get confidence in something unless you start stepping into it. Yeah. You don't have it first. Confidence comes when you step in. Yeah, yeah. And then you acquire the t- the tools as well to sort of deal with it on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Because I've had moments, so much weird and sort of terrifying stuff's happened in my life, but I now become the person who can deal with them. And I don't go to myself, oh, not this again, oh my God. I yeah. go, oh, I've dealt with this already, cool. I already know how to do that. I, yeah. can, I can do it again. You know, it's sort of like, and there are tools within dealing with these things that can bring us to better places. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you you lost your sister, mm. right? 
how long ago was that? I I, I de- <coughs> dates are dates. I struggle with dates. A couple of years. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, 2012. Right. July 9th, 2012. Were you close? Yeah, very close. Is she younger than you? Yeah. She was. She would have been 21. Oh, man. The year that she died. Yeah. She was. She was involved in a car crash in Ireland. Actually. In Ireland. Uh, it was um, like an agricultural trailer lost control hit their car and there was five people in the car she was the only one that that died Um, but Mm. she died on impact yeah Um, yeah just so surprising it's a shock when that happens yeah you've uh, you I think you said to me that you dealt with it quite quickly in 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 terms of putting yourself in a position where you could be positive about what had happened Mm mm-hmm um, obviously there's a, always a period of turmoil and obviously sure. the turmoil reflects upon on oh, my mother or other people as well you know yeah. you can deal with it yourself it does it does in my view and, and I think that something bad happens like that you have two choices really there are two roads you can go down the sort of like oh things are awful or you can use that for positive change mm-hmm. did you use it for positive change straight away or is yeah, it something I you're did. drawing upon now more? I did because of what somebody said um I think someone quoted the words of Jesus at that time. She was she was a Christian. She really followed followed Jesus's example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but but she did it in a way that was very very real, very human, very uh, non-religious. She was genuine. Yeah. And someone quoted Jesus's words of when a kernel of wheat. Um, ha- oh, what was it? <laughs> a kernel of wheat has to die be put in the ground before it can produce more so some something has to die there has to be death involved for something to expand and blow up exponentially and become this massive thing Mm -hmm. and that hit me really hard i don't even know if the person saying it you know recognized the power of what they were saying but for me that was a seed and I immediately saw and felt that my sister was that seed because she'd lived with such a pure heart. She was 20 and she'd never kissed a boy. She'd never hold, held hands. She'd uh-huh. never like had a boyfriend. She was wet. she was just waiting because she wanted to be, she wanted to be that person to have the most special gift, mm. right? And that's, not many people do that these days. No, it's rare. Um, I didn't. Um, so I, she, she was the seed. So I knew that, okay, she's, she's, she's gone now, but she's not gone. And, and I knew that the seed, you put it in the ground and you don't really see it for a while. You got to look after it and care for it. And that was for me, the grief process. Mm-hmm. I had to like cry and be with people. And you know, you know, like you said, you lost your brother a, few, a year and a half ago. Yeah. You have to go through grief of some kind. But I knew, I knew that she was a catalyst for something. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to come into what that catalyst was. She left a quote on her computer, which was about fear, which comes from a film called Coach Carter. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you may have heard the quote that says, our deepest fear is not that we're going to fail or something, that, but it's that, that we're far more powerful than we realise. Something along those lines. And it talks about not acting small. It doesn't serve the world to act small. It serves the world when you shine like God created you to shine because it, it, it subconsciously opens other people up for them to shine mm-hmm. in their way. 
now I start to realize, wow, that's what she did. She lived that life shining like crazy and planted herself or got planted. And now they're starting to spring up these, she's not the only one. There are many people who have, you know, died and left these kind of legacies. But the cat, she was the catalyst for growth in my own life, in my own mindset, in this questioning heart that you saw in. in she, the, she passed it. Yeah, she passed that on to you, and you're passing it on to other people as well. Uh, yeah, and it's I like throwing it, a, a pebble into a pool, isn't it? Yeah. The ripples. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. That's. Yeah, it's very hard to, to put words around something so devastating like that. But there is. Yeah. A positive thing to take from everything like that and, and you're, you're you're manifesting it you're giving it to other people now um do you it's it's like with my brother it's it's a similar kind of thing he was an incredibly good-hearted man he didn't deserve what happened to him um, not that anybody really does deserve that but it's it it's it was very very hard not to look at that scenario and feel angry about it yeah you know um but i had my father died like 20 years ago and i remember at the time being so angry that i knew if i engaged that anger it would be un unbelievably self-destructive mm. I, I thought i could clench my hand so hard i'd break every bone in my hand and i wore that anger mm. for a long time you know and i think that this time around there is no anger there even though what's happened is devastating there's only positivity to be taken from it there only can be because ultimately that's that's what you need, you know. That's what's that's the gift, mm. and it's, it feels really shitty to call it a gift. You know, it's like, oh damn, that person's yeah. life was a gift to me, you know. Yeah. But I take that uh, and I grow with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so much so that it, it brings me to the other, the ripple in the pool sort of thing. You know, it's very hard in this world of everything falling apart. It's all crap. Everything's gone to shit. What we need to do is to be kind to everybody in our immediate vicinity, you know. And if you spread kindness, will spread like a ripple. It's mm -hmm. that sort of like it is mm -hmm. a ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're 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 passing that on through your your um, workings in the, in the world, and you hope that your children will also pass that on. I always I have this thing like it's in 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 the course of a day, whoever I meet, if I can say one nice thing to them, I'm happy. Yeah. And it, it's such a, it's, and then they will go yeah. and say something nice to somebody else. You know, yeah. I, I love this sort of like cause and effect ripple thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a, it's a message to the world, isn't it? Just be nice. Yeah. Because I can't change what happens to people in Africa, but I can change what happens to the person next to me. Maybe they can change what happens to the person next to them. Maybe through all these degrees of separation, some good will come from it, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's your sister's message to you then. Yeah. You were not like that before. I think I, I was, but not consistently. Were you like that because it was the way you were supposed to be? Yeah. In, yeah. And that's why that's why, why consistency wasn't there. Because I felt like I should do it. I should yeah. be kind. I should be this. I should do this. But when, you're, when, you're, when your reason why you're doing something is powerful, then consistency is no problem. Because if I didn't, I didn't know why I should do these things. Why am I? Why do I have to be kind? Why do I have to do this? I don't feel like it. I just want to play Xbox, or I don't want to help you clean the garden, or whatever it was. Um, I didn't understand the purpose of it. Um, maybe own kids need to go through that process anyway. And I was young, and yeah, selfish, mm -hmm. very selfish. But now I realize that I can 
fulfill that kind of selfish feeling by feeling good about myself and but but that just that is just its catalyst to feeding and to giving in other people because mm-hmm. when you see that your the the effect of your effort in your own life is having effect on other people the motivation to continue is unparalleled to any feeling that exists in humankind mm-hmm. when the messages that i'm receiving from people is it just touches me so much that people are taking control of their lives and <laughs> yeah. re- a difference. Re- reconnecting with purpose you know yeah. remembering why they started dancing in the first place or acting in the first place or yeah. why they became parents and what they want their children to be like and then i'm obsessed utterly obsessed with taking action i'm obsessed with it mm-hmm. i have to take an action every sing- every every day i need to do something and it's not out of a like i'm a workaholic no i want to do stuff that matters because of that reward i get but also the reward they get so I, there's no negative like you said only positive mm-hmm. there's a win for me because i feel amazing and i want to keep going and they feel amazing because they've grabbed a new tool which they can then level up their life so pure it's it's like children in a playground. Someone who doesn't know how to do something, and another child will go, yeah, try that, and everybody yeah. benefits from that because yeah. the giver benefits and the receiver benefits, and then the receiver can give it to somebody else, and so that's it. so for the ripple continues. You know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And it's not about me giving specific tools to different people to people, and everyone has to be prescribed to the same medication. No, mm. that me giving a specific tool is great for some people, and they'll take that specific tool, but other people it may just open up a door of going oh there is another way to look at this and i can fix i can change mm-hmm. for so long people have believed that people can't change that your genes rule everything but that's rubbish it's not true at all you can change at a genetic level you change your mindset as well you know and it, and it all starts in the mindset yeah. mindset is everything so consistency in mindset is everything mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if I take one thing from this conversation, it's uh, consistency is the goal that should be attained. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. it doesn't matter what that means, but it means that yeah. you're aiming for something that's because consistency is achievable. Yeah, you come up with a lot of excuses. I'm sure you might shift by an hour. Yeah. I'm sure you you are you have like blips in the in the in the schedule. Of course, um, of inevitably, course. and then those blips are challenges which will be met yeah. and learned from. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I journal every day. Um, I like to journal in total silence so that there's no distraction. I'm just with the words and the page. Yeah. Someday, and I always start with 10 things I'm grateful for. Yeah. I'll just write 10 things I'm grateful for. My wife and kids, always on that list. Yeah. But everything else sort of changes. But I'm always, I always write those. And then with the remaining, I just block 10 minutes because I don't want to use more than 10 minutes to do that. But for the remaining amount of time, I'll write down... Um, I'll just write my thoughts or write my feelings or my ideas or sometimes it's just affirmations. So sometimes I'll write, 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 write for ten, for the remaining 10 minutes and it'll be big. Sometimes it's just a line because I, I'm warring with this mindset of, yeah, I'm unworthy. I don't deserve this right. life. Or, um, but whatever it is, I just consistently do it and I, get, I give my best effort in that moment. And then I'm, uh, I, I feel free. I feel really free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
your affirmations would be I am such I am whatever you want to be yeah I am I am an amazing father I yeah. am a, I am a professional athlete I am healthy my, yeah. my knees work exactly as they were intended yeah. to work my ankle is not swollen you know yeah. it's not it can some people will go oh you're just denying the truth no I'm creating it you're creating the truth yeah <laughs> absolutely no, because the physio when I went to see him uh, I had tuberculosis when I was 24 years of age and, and there's a, a scar where a needle went in to drain out fluid and he put his finger in that and I was wincing in pain and he's like he'd obviously hit on something that was quite emotional but he said I, I said to him yeah my, my lung I had tuberculosis it's scarred and he goes no your lung is healed yeah. it was scarred now it's healed and I, ever since then I'm like yeah my lung is healed Yeah, and that's it I live that truth because we we allow pain to send messages to our brain you know that's what that's what happens but yeah, we are not that part of ourselves you mm -hmm. know we can control that we need to send it back the other way you know that's awesome I love that yeah I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Now, what time do you need to uh, shoot off? I need to go at 7.30. What's okay. the time? Let's check the phone. Um, 10 past 7. 10 past 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we will, we can wrap it up, man. Just yeah. an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know how long these things go on for. I'm like, I, could, I could speak for a lot longer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we should do a podcast. I guess that's why podcasts... Uh, podcast hosts have repeat guests they come yes they come back yes especially after like six months to a year they'll learn loads of other things so yeah yeah so no it's cool back. we'll both be in different places we will be yeah we'll be we'll be advanced i'll be very yeah. consistent yeah. <laughs> and come on my vlog where can where can people find you man so the place i consistently post most is instagram so that will be phil underscore holford um and i've got a youtube vlog as well That'll be Phil Holford, and I just I post every Monday. Facebook, I'm on there. I'm I'm a bit less active on Facebook at the moment, yeah. But I'm being convicted to become more present on Facebook. There's a lot more people there. And yeah, free advertising as well, man. Yeah, and they need people there need help too because Facebook's a distracting place to be sometimes. It's, it's very sweet, ironic, ironic uh, status to be in, isn't it? Like you can help people. But you can't know what to fix unless you're in the place it needs to be fixed. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can I can be another one of those distractions, but but the distraction I want to offer is a distraction to a, to a better life. I, I get it, man. That's the only reason I'm on Facebook is to see what you're <laughs> posting there. <laughs> no, I do. I see it like it's three o'clock in the morning or you, you sometimes wake up before your alarm goes off. Yes, like I like yeah. those moments when I wake up me before too. my alarm That's goes off. That's the best. Off. It happened to me this morning. I was like, great. And I looked, oh, alarm's gone off in three minutes time. Just get up. You're in tune. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, it's been it's been a total pleasure having you oh, having the flow, man. You. Me too. I'm really really honoured that you asked me. Thank you. Thanks. We will we will do this again soon, man. We'll awesome. do this again soon. Awesome. Cool, dude. Cool. All right. Thank you. Right. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Phil Holford. Uh, that was a really special one. As I said, it was the first one we've done. It was brilliant to talk to him. So much inspirational stuff there. His backstory is amazing. His ability to think cohesively and in tune with himself is 
very inspiring, you know. Um, and if you need any sort of motivational courses and stuff, please do check out Phil Hulford. You can find him at Instagram.com slash Phil underscore Hulford. He has a wonderful YouTube channel as well, full of inspiring things. I'll leave a link for that in the information about this podcast. Um, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been brilliant to get this thing rolling. I really hope that you're enjoying these conversations. And if you have any suggestions, comments, uh, questions, suggestions for guests or whatever, you just want to say hello. My email's down there. You can come and say hello. I do hope that these conversations will inspire the creativity that resides within all people. Not just a select few who have the window into it. It is there for all of us to enjoy. So I wish to you all a wonderful, prosperous, creative time. Thanks again. Cheers.